0: The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the
1: business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. The email marketing heroes. Today on the email marketing show, we're talking about building your status in your emails so you can sell higher price programs
0: and when this podcast ends we don't want you to sit there feeling all alone with your questions so instead come and share what you're working on get really stuck into the free training and resources in our facebook group just head over to rob and and you'll go straight there
1: as ever i'm joined by the guy who really wants to skydive but's just too scared it's hypnotist robert temple
0: and he gets irrationally angry when people type on root like O N root instead of on route like EN root. It's mind reader,
1: Kennedy. It's a little bit too much, isn't it, really? Robin Kennedy. I think you did it once and we nearly weren't friends anymore. Now they can help you know, me.
0: I have uh, I've never got that wrong in my life. Because I have then? the same I actually have the same problem. It's French for God's sake.
1: Exactly. Now we're It's a bit like saying I'm going for a chocolate pasty instead of saying I'm going for a Hano Chocolat. Welcome back. We are here every single week helping course creators, coaches and membership site owners just like you and me with their email marketing and making it less of a numbers game and putting the odds back in your favor with harder hitting, higher converting, psychology driven email marketing. That's why we're here.
0: I remember years ago, before you and I were working together, we were just pals doing our own separate businesses and our own separate thing. I made a a list building course, right? Years ago, like probably eight years ago. And when I made that course, I remember putting it together and then I looked and I saw another list building course that was on sale in the market for a thousand dollars. And I was thinking to sell in mine for like $27, $37. Like it was, you know, it was a couple of hours worth of training. So it, you know, it took a bit of putting together. And then when I uh, when I, I bought that expensive one to have a look at what was in it, and there was like less stuff, it was less descriptive. It wasn't like over my shoulder demonstrations of how to do everything. And I was like, well, I feel for, for the audience we're trying to serve, I feel there's more value in mine. But I wouldn't, I, I just, at the time, just wouldn't know how to sell something for $1,000. I literally sat thinking, well, how can I sell that for $1,000, this is like eight years ago or something. And uh, it, is, it is interesting, isn't it? How some stuff just sells for more money and there are people in the marketplace who could take a dump in a Tupperware box and put it on the internet for $1,000 and people would flood to buy it, right?
1: You, uh, absolutely. Um, you are, the thing is, it is frustrating because you, you yourself thinking, how much do I value this thing? How can ha, what value is it to me? Well, for you, it might be that you've obviously put your course together and you know that it was just ScreenFlow or Camtasia, and you put some slides together using a, a free app that was already built into your computer. But you know, we know that the knowledge that we're sharing, because most of us are in the knowledge industry, is valuable and has an impact. But with all that said in mind and that motivational thing of, you know, don't underestimate your value, that's all good and everything. But if you can't get people to buy at that price, then all that motivation and mindset stuff and limit and beliefs is kind of pointless if you put out a thing which says, hey, this is 10 grand and nobody buys it. Whereas if you can sell a load right. of stuff for $27, then at least you're making sales. So that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And it sort of reminds me, I was just trying to find out who actually said, oh yes, I think it was uh, Joseph B. Witherlin. I'm probably... Uh, oh, Witherlin. Joey, how is he doing? He's, he's, I mean, you know, Joe, Joey's doing canny. Uh, a little bit dead, but he's canny. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, and his, his thing that he said really sums this up, and that is, we know that we are judged by the company that we keep. Right? And that sort of sums up what we're talking about in this episode. God, I'm screwed with you, aren't I? <laughs> the thing is, if in your emails, or if in all of your messaging across, obviously emails one of your messaging channels, and that's the one we talk about here on the show, but I think if you are talking about in your emails, hey, I was at this event, and you are seen in photographs, and we'll talk about different ways of evidence in this, but for example, if there's a nice photograph of you with... Uh, President Barack Obama, or if there's, or there's maybe a celebrity in your space. So I don't know. In our space, that might be uh, Ryan Dice or Frank Kern or somebody like one of the big digital marketing giants in our in our space. And the, and people hear that we hang out in those same circles, then there is definitely a perceived value and a perceived status because status is a real thing. Whether we like it or not, status is a real thing.
0: hundred percent. I mean, a few years ago, we went down to London to uh, to attend an event and I had my photo, so did you, we had our photographs individually taken with Ryan Dice. And I put that photograph on Facebook and I got loads of comments saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like imp- people were impressed by the fact that I'd bought a ticket to go to an event. I mean, they didn't write, they probably hadn't realised the, the context under which the photo was taken. And it showed you the instant power of just having a photograph with somebody else who's well-known in, in the industry, right?
1: Right, it does. And so one of the ways that, that of, of increasing your status is definitely by who you're associated with, by the company you are keeping. So... One of the things we want to do is think about who are the people who are able to command the kinds of fees, the kind of price points that we want to command. So whatever band you're at right now, whether you're at the current $27 band of of pricing or if you're at the $1,000 band of pricing, there is always somewhere to move up to. There are people who have online courses, which are 20,000. We spoke to somebody a little while ago, a couple of years ago, Rob, who has a $100,000, I think it's a course, I think it's a course. Um, yeah. so, uh, so, but So there's always somewhere to move up to. And And in in
0: recent episodes of the podcast, we mentioned Tony Robbins, uh, and and it being a million dollars to work with Tony Robbins. Like, at the end of the day, he's in the same game as us, selling information and expertise, but just doing it one-on-one for a million dollars.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, how do we get ourselves able to command those prices? And the answer is... You associate at that same level. Do the things, and be. But more importantly than doing the things they're doing, which is a, a self-development thing to do, but show people you are doing those things. So if you are able to get on a private jet with somebody who's really well known in your space, get some photos, do some do some content around that, and share that with with your contacts and share that with your with your list. So let's go through some ideas of ways you could do that. The first and the easiest one we've talked about a lot here, is getting a photo. So if you are doing some work with somebody, if you're going to promote a product of theirs, maybe as a partner, as an affiliate, as a JV, if you are, if you're going to be doing something where you're in the same room as them, maybe you're at their event, Just snap a photograph with them. It's one of the things that Rob and I have done since the beginning. I remember we had not done any work with our friend Matt Bersack at that point, but we were in the same room speaking on stage alongside Matt, right? And I said to you, should we get a photo with Matt? And we were both thinking, well, is that going to be any value? Do we look like fans? I'm not really into fandom. I'm not really into celebrities whatsoever. But I thought, you know, he's got some great products. There might be a point at which in the future... We end up doing some work together so let's have the photo so we can improve that promotion just in case you may as well have the photo the not have the photo right so we took that photo and a, a while went by quite a while went by and then matt was pro- promoting one of his products great product and we said actually our audience would love that so shall we promote it and then i said to you rob i've still got that photo of matt you and i and you were like Holy hell! I'd forgotten we even took that, and then that that be- that photo became the unique hook around which we could. Promote that product because we were not just another person, another group of people saying to our audience, Hey, come buy this thing. We've heard of this guy called Matt and we found his product on the internet and we get paid a commission. Instead, we were seen in a photograph with him. So it looked like it was a collaboration. So it gives us a bit more authority in that promotion. But more importantly, because we were speaking on stage with them and that was the frame of the story which is the next point we're gonna go on to, it meant that we were seen in alignment with somebody who was actually much further on in their journey, right?
0: Yeah. Now the next level up from this is to leverage the relationships you start to build with those people. Cause remember that foot. I mean, as it happened, we knew Matt, but that would work if we'd never met Matt before that would work with somebody we've never met before. We've just bought a ticket for their event or an event they're speaking at, and we've gone to it. And you should like, you should attend as many events as you possibly can uh, as much as you can afford to do and see the value in doing, because they're just great ways to network. And, and you, you, you forge relationships with people who you may once have been a fan of, you can forge those relationships very quickly because actually most people are very approachable and very nice and just like to be talked to and and asked questions of. So the next step in terms of leveraging that sort of relationship is if you can get that person to come and do something for on your platform. So maybe have them as a podcast guest. Getting big name podcast guests is much easier than you would think. They're very, again, they're very approachable. They're easy to get in touch with, even if it's through their assistant or somebody who manages their schedule for them. They're very easy to get in touch with. And as long as podcasting and and interviewing on podcasts is a thing they are still actively doing because sometimes there are people who are just in their world where they're like, actually, we're just going to shut down all external interviews for a while while we focus on getting this project done. So as long as being on podcasts and stuff is still a thing they're doing, getting those guests is not that difficult. Sure. You've got to be a bit creative in your approach. You've got to make sure your stuff stands out to them and looks interesting. But as long as that's the case, getting those people on your podcast is not that difficult. And again, if you don't have a podcast, then it might be that you're gonna interview them and that's gonna be part of your membership program. It could be you're gonna interview them and that's gonna be part of your social media content. At the end of the day, they're not that bothered usually where the interview's gonna go as long as it's gonna go somewhere where it's being seen by some people. Um, because that's the, that's the point of doing it. Right. So I think that the next level up is if you can take a screenshot of you on a zoom call or a Skype call or something with that person next to you and you both smiling and looking happy, let's face it. You can interview that person and build up a bit of rapport in the pre-interview chat, that makes it seem like you you guys have been friends for a long time. You never say that, but it, that's just how it feels. That has to be the general feel of the conversation. You always want your listeners to listen in and feel like they're listening in on two friends having a chat. And so that's a really good way you can now take that screenshot of you. That means you, even if you can't get a photograph because you're never in the same room as them, you can now get a screenshot of you side by side, looking happy and having fun and talking about what a great conversation this was and use that as part of the promotion for that thing. So that's, that's the next kind of level of doing that.
1: Yeah. So how do you subtly weave this stuff into your emails? It comes down to Okay, adding media, yes, so it could be a screenshot from that interview. It could be the photograph of uh, of you guys at the event. But it all comes down to the story. So, and the different ways of weaving it in the story, so it doesn't sound like, oh, I thought you might have just dropped a name over there. I'll just pick that up for you. Like, you don't want it to be like that. What you want to do instead is, well, there's a few different approaches. The first one that I really like, uh, because gratitude's a huge piece of my life, is, is to come from a place of gratitude and go, I can't believe it that I'm just this guy from Newcastle here in the northeast of England and I got to hang out and, and I get to hang out or have chats with this person and we share so many different ideas and believe it or not, I mean, I can't believe it, but they even take some of my ideas and use them too. Here's one of the things I learned from that person and then teach a little lesson in the email, like a soft lesson, the way we we sort of generally advocate. And then the, the audience learn the lesson. They're not just learning it from you, but they're learning it through you from that other person. You end up being the curator of your audience. So, if your audience to serve your audience by email, you need to be the person they come to as the font to drink from for the uh, for for that sustenance. They need to be the person who's coming to you to say, "I need to learn about." In our case, email marketing. If you want to know anything about email marketing, if you're in our Facebook group and you listen to our podcast, you are getting access to people that are are trickier and take a lot more time in nurturing relationships with to get to we give you direct access to them because we spend all of our time nurturing those relationships right so that's one of the things you want to do is weave the story in about this is something I learned from that person and but I did it in a way that was exchanging not not I read their blog and therefore they they're above me you want to sort of paint them on in a parallel way
0: and if, if you want to buy our new course on that, you can go to email com, <laughs> and uh, you'll be able to see the entire email font of sustenance system that Kennedy has uh, just been describing.
1: <laughs> Did you not like my font of sustenance? What, the, have fonts,
0: you the font of sustenance was excellent, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the really powerful things about Can this I man ask, I love uh, what, this so idea Um of...
1: before you continue with something useful um, which font would be the font of sustenance because it wouldn't be times new it... roman would it
0: no but it, w- it would be a serif font I think
1: yeah like one of those handwritten
0: sustenance yeah, signature thing yeah, yeah. yeah anyway you're about to say anyway, something useful back to something useful <laughs> One of the things that this gives you is we always talk about you know making your emails interesting and punchy by having some you know occasionally using a GIF or an image or something like that, and that's a really good opportunity for you to take that bit of uh, content, that bit of extra media and put it into your emails and just give it an extra level of punch. And honestly, the difference that we saw a little extra bonus ninja tip for you here is when we did that promotion that you talked about with Matt Basak, we actually didn't, um, we didn't bring that photograph out until about halfway through the promotion. So like the first batch of the emails were just about just text, go and have a look at this thing, go and get this thing. It's really good. Go and get this thing. But halfway through the promotion, that's where Kennedy remembered crap. We've got that photograph with Matt. I'll go and get it off my phone and text it to me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And we brought that out halfway through. So I always think it's a bit like you want to make sure that you've always got, it's a bit like if you're going on one of these big talent shows, like America's Got Talent or something like that, you want to make sure your first act is good enough to get you through, but you've still got enough stuff that you can step up the game towards the end and towards the final. Right. And so you need to do the same thing with your email promotion. You need to make sure the first emails need to be good and catchy, but the truth is just the they're, they're the emails, the hyper responders are just going to, how, however good or bad your hyper responders are just going to come out and engage anyway. But then yeah. as you go through, you need to be able to step that up with, with technique. And one of this, what well, this is a really good way to do that.
1: That's a really good point you made that actually, which is, at the beginning of a promotion, people are going to respond just because they're going to respond. But at some point in right. the middle of a promotion, there's a dip. There is a dip because they go, I've heard, I know about your promotion. Thank you. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And the, I mean, you haven't got quite to the urgency bit of the promotion's ending or the bonus is going away or whatever the reason that now is. So you do need a little you need a little tool in your belt, don't you, to go, All right, I need to pick them back up in the middle. For us, our little pick me up was, Here's a lovely photograph of us hanging out uh, in London uh, a couple of years ago. Another great and- one you and it really, really, it really, really helps. It really helped, didn't it? So another one is if you've got a testimonial from a big person, whack that in to, into that into there. So that happened with us when we launched the game plan. We uh, got a lovely testimonial of uh, of Janet Murray. So we put that into our promotions and that on the sales page. So when when big people say good stuff, you obviously you want to use them. That's one of the most sort of commonly used ones as well. Also, go on.
0: Another really good way of engineering this is something that we did, and we've probably talked about it on the show before. We've definitely talked about it somewhere before. I might've been inside uh, the program remote control persuasion, but it is a really good idea is when we launched response for for the first time back in 2018, we got um, one of our little sort of token cartoon mugs. We got a little mugs done for all of the people that we wanted to promote it. So we got like an, in the first batch, like a hundred mugs made and we dispatched them to all four corners of the globe and then one inside each mug. So it has, a, in case you haven't seen them, it has a cartoon of the face of the person who we're sending it to. So it.
1: it's a customized cartoon of the person receiving it.
0: Yeah. And so inside was some sweets, some response sweets. Uh, that we had made and a little postcard with a picture of me and Kennedy and a handwritten note that said, we'd love to have you on board in this promotion. And we sent that off to a hundred people. And then like most of those people, almost everybody did what we asked them to do on the card, which is to take a selfie with the mug, take a mug shot and send it to us. And then we could take this enormous grid of all of these amazing people who, you know, nobody's going to have heard of all of them, but there'll be people who'll def- everyone in our audience will definitely go, oh my God, that's that person. And that's that person. That's that person. That, that's that, That's that person. And again, it gives us a massive level of extra credibility that this person is now posting on their social media and stuff and sending their emails out about us. But also we can take that and put it in our emails and say, look, all these amazing people who are loving what we're doing. And so you can definitely engineer that by sending off cool little gifts and and things. It's a really good way to get people's attention. And again, get something that you can put into your emails about them.
1: Yeah. Another one, just a final one from me, really, is to see if you. When, when anybody at any level is creating a course or a membership. They're always looking for ways to add value to their members and to their customers. And a great way that we've, and we constantly do this, every week we're making a new one of these, is we reach out to people who've got a course or a membership or something, and we say, Hello, we love what you do there. Would you like us to make a customised training or a customized piece of content to go inside of your members area, or your Facebook group, or wherever they've got a community, would be happy to do that. It won't, it won't have a pitch on the end. It'll be no sales. It'll be not. It'll be no offer or anything like that. It literally will be all on brand for you. We'll make it for you. It'll be about twenty to thirty minutes long. Would you like it? Not many people. In fact, I, I, at this point, I can't think anybody has said no and because that's free content for them it's extra value to their members without them having to do anything and what's great is how do you use it and this is my favourite thing is when I'm creating that bit of content I take a screenshot of that the slides or I take a selfie depending on what I fancy doing of me in front of the slide I'm working on for them and I pu- we can put that into an email saying huh, today I'm working on this really cool thing for that person the big takeaway from it is small lesson because we teach something in the email itself and then and, and then you can go and use that. So they, the, our, our subscriber is getting the mini lesson from the training we're delivering for somebody else but they're also saying hey Rob and Kennedy are creating a training for this person, this big name. That, 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 again, that's got inbuilt kudos that that big name, perceptually, not truthfully, you don't say this, has asked them to deliver training within to, to their members. Of course, don't say that. Don't even say it indirectly. Just say, we're just saying we're creating a training for them and for their members. And also, of course, add in that lesson to make sure you're not doing, doing a show off what we call a willy waving email, which is like, aren't I lovely? I've got I'm doing this thing for this big name.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Just one more from me as well, really, which is uh, probably the easiest one of all to get, which is if you are connected on Facebook with the person with, you know, some bigger names in your industry, one of the really easy things you can do is just get yourself involved in a screenshot, in a a conversation of comments, like a, a threaded comment conversation, and then in that, there'll be some piece of value somewhere. And literally, if you comment and say, this has been amazing, do you mind if I share this with my audience? Most of the, t- don't just take the screenshot without their permission and use it. But if you say, do you mind if I share this with my with my my audience by email? The, th- the conversation we've just had has really like inspired me to go and do this thing. You can screenshot for, and as long as they come back and say, yeah, that's fine, which most of the time happens. You can screenshot three or four um, comments of there's yours, there's yours, there's yours. Again, do not do this without their permission, but it's easy to get you just literally say, can I share this with my crowd? Um, you can put that into an email and say, I've never thought about this, but I just had this, this comment conversation with X, Y, Z guru. And here's what, here's what came out of it. The lesson from this is again, it, it sort of has the feeling that you guys must be quite well connected without saying it. it's not about lying or anything, but it just uh, allows you to use that person in your emails. And again, Deliver value, but also start to really sculpt that relationship.
1: And of course, that next level of that bit, Rob, would be if you do end up in a in a DMs conversation with that person, you could do the same sort of thing. Um, totally, oh, that's that's slightly more tricky. But that other ah, that was uh, so. There you go. There's some ideas to really up your status, so you can start offering things at that higher price because people of higher status usually are. Well, we all expect them to have higher price products. Let's head into this week's. Subject line of the
0: week, subject line of the week. So this is an interesting one, this one, because as as you may know, I send out the emails for our Email Marketing Heroes brand, and Kennedy and I do have quite different styles in terms of how we write and how we think and everything. So this is one that Kennedy didn't like, but it did work exceptionally well. We got about a 30% bump in click-through rates. Now we do judge these based on how good the click-through rate is, not the open rate is. We don't care that much about the open rate. We really care about the clicks. And the subject line does drive clicks, despite what people say. So the subject line was the words, can I borrow you for 20 minutes, first name, question mark. So can I borrow you for 20 minutes, Derek, or whatever. And um, so the, the premise of the email was, we're doing this thing. It's going to take five days and I need about 20 minutes of your time every day for five days, if you want to take part. So that was, the, that was the premise of the email. Now, obviously, it could be misconstrued as if to say, well, can I borrow you for 20 minutes because I want to have a chat? I mean, that's the only other circumstance I can think of where you would say, can I borrow you for 20 minutes? And so uh, I presume the, the reason why it got opened for, for sure was the fact that Whoa, does he want to speak to Does he want to speak to speak me? Uh, you know, that's the sort of subject line where any of my friends on my list might just pick up the phone and give me a call because they want to know what I what want. You've had happen. Uh, So yeah, can I borrow you for 20 minutes? That's why it gets opened. But the interesting thing is it was in no sense felt as misleading by the subscribers when they said, I want 20 minutes of your time every day for the next five days so you can take part in this program. Click here because our click-through rate was very, very high on it. It was like 30% higher than it normally would be. So that's uh, this week's Subject Line of the Week. Subject, subject line, line of the, the week. week. Subject Line, line of, of the Week. week.
1: Yeah, can I can not just say the reason that I wasn't a massive fan of it was because I felt like it, it could have been misleading. But the fact that they got high clicks through to the offer proved that it wasn't so misleading. So big right. lesson out of that and all subject line stuff is always test. And just because you don't think it's any good doesn't mean it's uh, it's not effective. And that's what we're looking for. There's some stuff we have to do in email marketing that we are like, I think this is terrible. But it works, and that's that's really what it comes down to. So, wow, that was a that was a blast of an episode. That episode's been great, and do
0: you know what I think? Yeah, really cool. And there are different ways of building status too. This is one of them. There's definitely going to be future episodes where we go through some of the other different ways that you can raise your status to raise your prices through email as well. So if you want to be kept up to date with everything that's going on, of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And we'd love to bring you in on this conversation. We'd love to get talking to you on social media and answering your questions and all of that stuff. So we've got a free Facebook community that you can hang out in uh, if you want to come and find out more and, uh, and just keep this conversation going or come and join in on this conversation. Um, you can get to the free group just by heading over to robandkennedy.group.
1: It'll take you straight there. That's it for this episode. Any closing thoughts, Rob?
0: No, just I can't wait for next week's episode, Now,
1: All right, we'll speak to you next week. Have a good one. The email show. Rob, after this, can I borrow you for 20 minutes?